Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm there. You look ready. I am ready. That's great. Welcome to Nerd Critic. A deep dive into big movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. I'm Jordan. And I am CJ, here with our studied, credentialed, handsome, <laughs> well-dressed, and well-bearded critic, oh. Jordan. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. <laughs> blushing straight through my beard. You'd think I was a redhead. Um, CJ is our, of course, resident nerd, who is wearing residential nerdy clothing. That is a... That is a... That is a fine-looking Superman shirt. Superman. What is he made of? Uh, he's just typography of Superman. Of Superman stuff. Yeah, I Superman mean, words. And says even locomotive and Krypton, alien, yeah. bullet, uh, speeding bullet. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I love it. That's All a great shirt. That's a great yeah. shirt. Thank you. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm into that shirt. Uh, I, I'm can also. I, can I'm, I have that shirt? Um, <laughs> no, I have. <laughs> I do have a Superman shirt in my bag, though, that I got at work today. Hey, that's great. Um, I'm also wearing uh, some of my favorite socks. Okay. They are like a like a neon Justice League symbol. You want to see them? There oh, it is. yeah. There it oh, is. yeah, that's cool. Those are very cool socks. Um, Man, your sock game is so on point. Yes. Well, I, I really, I kind of, I kind of cater my sock game to the days that we record. That's so good. So it's, it's the best of the smart. best. That's really smart. Yeah. If you're a regular listener, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you can be super cool and listen to our new episodes before all the noobs. <laughs> Little plug I love, for our... our I, I love the way you say noobs. Uh, well, so good. I mean, they're noobs. They deserve to be called noobs in the most <laughs> newbie way. Um, what are we talking about today, Trilogy? Trilogy? Today, Trilogy. <laughs> what are we talking about today, C-Trilogy? Uh, we are talking about uh, the third installment in the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Yes, we are. <laughs> Shoot, I wanted you to have like all the glory of that because because uh, you're a much bigger fan of these movies than I am. I, I apparently, according to uh, our our past interactions, yes, um, which honestly surprises me. I thought you'd be a bigger fan. I well, let me tell you this. Um, I love the first How to Train Your Dragon movie. It came out nine years ago, which is crazy. Um, but is it, it is it is a little part of the course when it comes to a franchise that isn't sort of like pre-planned in advance. Like they didn't make How to Train Your Dragon thinking we're going to make three of these and sure. this is going to be the beginning, middle, and end, and we're going to film them all in a year and a half, and then we're going to release them over the, whatever. Like they didn't do that. So because they were made like normal movies, um, nine years is actually fairly standard. You or you know, six to nine years usually is what you get. Um, so yeah, it's not that surprising that four-ish years between episodes so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, this is also, there's also a show, a TV show, a, How to, a Dragon, How to Train Your Dragon TV show that I know nothing about and don't plan to know anything about. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's delightful for kids. It's definitely not near as epic or cool, but uh, it's there. <laughs> but here's, so, so, so the first movie though uh, was incredibly successful, not only commercially made a ton of money, but critically, it was a very good movie. Yes. And I, I I, have said and will continue to say that it was as good as a mid-tier Pixar film, um, which is very high praise yeah, it's coming something. from anybody yes. because Pixar is amazing. And uh, no other animated uh, uh, animation-focused company usually holds a candle to what they do. So the fact that uh, How to Train Your Dragon was... Even close to as good as yeah. like good Pixar movies is amazing. And and uh, there's definitely a difference in in Pixar and DreamWorks. Pixar is definitely like character driven, uh, like yeah, it's it's just really they're really human stories. Uh, DreamWorks is definitely about spectacle. Yes. Uh, they I mean they do Kung Fu Panda, which is another one that's just like large and big and fun. Yeah. Uh, definitely less like. You know, individual character moments. Yeah, uh, so a fairly, different, a, different feel. Yeah, and there's a fairly strong emphasis on celebrity, and um, you know, you in, in Pixar movies, you don't usually even see the names of the voice talent that, it, like, with the exception of Toy Story, which was their very first movie, and they had to pull out all the stops to hope that it was successful because yeah. it was a huge, huge, huge risk. Huge um, risk. Ever since then, they don't really bank on stars. They yep. cast voice talent that is really good and appropriate for the roles, and then they let the story and the characters do the work. In DreamWorks, uh, you see a preview, and it's like, starring, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. It, it person, it comedian, it whatever of the 
year or decade or whatever. I mean, the the the, the first the first one, Gerard Butler was a huge name. Yep. Second one, Kate, they brought in Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely that's definitely a focus. Yes. So um, I want to uh, talk a little bit about. So this is in terms of context- contextualizing the movie. Um, uh, just just so you know, CJ just took a, a selfie of us both. That's why there's a little pause. Yes, listen, there's we have a new mic and it looks good. It does look good. I'm really enjoying how still, we look right now. It is a weird room. It is. <laughs> so it is. But other than be that, aware of that. Um, all right. So uh, so CJ, you have expressed this before, but but let's go ahead and reiterate it for you. What did you think of the second movie? Of the second How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. Uh, okay, I gotta I gotta mentally draw the line from the first one. Okay, second one, a little older hiccup. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Okay, spoilers. Spoilers from here on out. From for all three movies. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, second one was a step down from the first one. First one, I I was kind of uh, it blew me away. Like I didn't I didn't expect it. It was kind of a it was kind of a cloudy the chance of meatballs kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's like I saw the trailer and I was like first well cloudy the chance of meatballs is a really hard like title to grasp you have no idea <laughs> yes. um, and then the the posters similar thing where I like saw the posters and I was like oh cool fun kids movie that'll be that'll be nice uh, and I like animation uh, but the first one when I went to go see it and it was as epic and fun and like. I felt like I was flying, like I was in the air flying, uh, really, really swept me away. Uh, so the second one, not quite hitting that mark, although I'm not sure really it could have, um, but it, but I still had a lot of fun. I like the progression that they did with the characters, the getting older, the uh, he be- has to become chief and all of that. I enjoyed where they logically went with the story, although it uh, it did feel like they were... You know, let's dial it bigger, bigger dragons, more. Although um, I think was I think the biggest dragon was in the first one, wasn't it? That giant like parasitic dragon. Yeah, was that bigger? But then you had like two giant ones fighting in the second one. Really? Yeah. Ugh, I don't even remember the second one. I saw it. I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's why I had to take a second and figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's the one it's the one at the end. Where Toothless like lights up all blue, remember that, and like shoots the freaking huge dragon. You don't remember that? That was the first one. Man. That was the second one. No, that was the first one. That was the second one. That was the first one. Wait, no, no, no. And his 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 like spine opens up, and then he shoots the blue thing. He doesn't light up blue in the first one. Okay. <laughs> but he does defeat a giant dragon in the first one. Yeah, yeah, but he like they like all fall and then Hiccup loses his leg. But the second one, he's like standing on a perch. Okay. And like lights up all blue. Oh, yeah. You don't remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, vaguely, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <sighs> okay. Good. So, so does that is so is that basically your opinion of the movie? Of the second one. Of yeah. the second one. Oh yeah. It the just second was one bland. Was, the second one was very bland. I okay. just I just remember being really disappointed mm. because the first one was yeah the first one was really really well constructed yeah it was a good story the humor was really good i mean fresh and mostly landed throughout like yeah. there were only a couple of like missteps i think but generally speaking it was like genuinely funny and fresh and cool and like the story just worked and it was uh it was a cool story and the whole music Sunday- <gasps> yeah music was great yeah. father son dynamic was really beautiful yeah. the whole like buddy comedy thing between toothless and hiccup was so good mm-hmm. it was so good and in the second movie yeah you can always you can oh, here's the thing cj and i want us to stop doing this um you can always say well yeah you know it's the same thing we we're talking about with the lego movie right like well they couldn't do what they had done in the first movie because it was so surprising and fresh and blah blah blah, blah. but like here's the thing um if you're gonna make a sequel find a reason sure find a reason you better have a good reason for making the sequel and pixar sorry to keep dragging their name back into these conversations but they typically, not all the time, I mean, we can talk about cars, but like, we're not talking about cars. We're talking about Toy Story. We're talking I mean, about, you want the perfect example, Toy Story 3. 
Toy Story 2 and 3. Yeah. Well, because 2, cases, you're like, that came. 3, everyone was like, oh, we're a ways yeah. away. There's no reason and to make it. And they found a reason. And there was. Yeah. And so, and I don't know if Toy Story 4 is going to do it. Who knows? I'm at this point, like, you know, all we all we can do is point at the examples that are, that are true and good, you know? And, um, and, in, and and it's not just animation. Like, anytime you have a sequel, you are, you are working... You are working overtime to try to do something like if if a person if an artist decides that they're willing to work on a sequel we and we that, sorry this is a rehashing of a conversation I know that you've heard this before if you listen to all of our episodes thank you for being a loyal fan um, <laughs> you're gonna hear this again yeah if you're going to, if you're an artist who's gonna work on another on a on the same franchise and do another movie just a another a sequel then you. If your integrity demands that you find an angle that is worth talk, that is like that is that is you're trying to outdo yourself essentially, yeah. and and in How to Train Your Dragon two, I it it felt it felt clumsy. It felt like I we didn't you know it was like it was the jumping the shark thing. It's like well what do we do well. Uh, we focused on Toothless, and or we focused on Hiccup and his relationship with his dad in the first one. Well, let's explore the relationship with the mom this time, mm -hmm. which was a total jumping the shark thing. Like, you don't need to bring, uh, like, a long-lost mother. But, like, that's not a good story. That's a cheat. You yeah. cheated. Yeah. And then with Toothless, how do we make Toothless more interesting? Well, let's give him more powers. That's not, that's not interesting. That's cheating. Mm -hmm. And so... And, and you know, and it's like, and it'd be, it, it, like you can you can maybe make those choices work, but they they didn't in my sure. Opinion. I and and I I generally agree with you. I think the bringing the mom back was a pretty big mistake, especially. I was willing to forgive it if she played a large role in the third one, which she did not. She didn't, yeah. And so there was really no reason. They they kind of hit the second one, and they're like, well, I don't know what to do. It starts I, to feel like a sort of a big ham-fisted TV show. Sure. I, I, I don't mind the... I think what they tried to do with Toothless and the more powers thing was the, the I guess, the message, the theme of the second one was uh, basically like trying Hiccup trying to find himself and trying to understand if, one, he wants to be chief, and two, if he's capable of it. Which, and, if you recall, is something he figured out in the first movie. No, 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 because this was, this was, he, all he was things, coming of age. All of the things that mattered, and all the things that matter around those two questions you just brought up, all of them were addressed in the first movie. They weren't all addressed. The, the, the theme of the first, it's, it is similar, no question. And they probably could have thought of a, di I, I get, I get your qualms with it, but the first one was purely searching for acceptance, right? The, the second one was not, not searching for acceptance, but like, I mean, it is kind of, but it's specifically with Chief growing. It's a coming. It was a coming of age movie of him trying to understand his role if he can be Chief because he's not his dad. He's very obviously not his dad, yeah. and so can he rule in his own way? Does he want to? Is he capable? All of that. Sure. Yeah. And then and then the third one was was then a a, a jump of how do I do that? We'll how get, do I rule? We'll, we'll get there. Let's. Let's wrap up our conversation on number two and just, we agree that it was a step down. Definitely. We maybe disagree a little bit about how much of a step down. Definitely. Okay. So moving on. Uh, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and have some fun with the third movie. Okay. What did you love about the third movie? Um, I loved that the third, okay, maybe this is revealing too much about my stage in life, but I loved, I <laughs> That it it made me feel like a kid again. It, it it brought up very similar feelings that the first one did, specifically with the ending, which I don't know. You bring in kids, it's just gonna hit a whole different nerve. So it, I just, but I do love that it it made me it had me fly with them again. I got to enjoy the action with them. Uh, I thought the camera movements. There's no camera, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, the the camera movements were were different and fresh. I really enjoyed it. Um, I really just pulling back a little bit. I really, 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 really like where animation is and where it's going. It's beautiful. I yeah. just animation in general is just getting better yeah. and better. Uh, and and this movie was beautiful. Yeah. We'll go to story, but like. 
And and every friggin' every big blockbuster animated movie so like recently has been beautiful. Just gorgeous, yeah. Story is one thing, but it's just been gorgeous. Yeah. And, 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 and which is which is a which is nice because like if you're not like regardless like if you don't if you can't feel confident of whether or not the story is going to deliver at least you're going to have like a kind of a, it's going to be a good spectacle it's yeah. going to be a and not just like a explosions kind of michael bay spectacle but like actual beautiful artistic yes. expression stuff which and is really really cool yeah i mean the hidden the hidden the world, hidden world like specifically the hidden so, world yeah absolutely amazing dazzling you might i like dazzling. It, it was kind of a trope that was played out in this in this uh in this franchise uh the discovering the new place and it's like big and awe-inspiring but this was like they freaking landed on pandora from avatar yeah, yeah. and it was just beautiful it yeah. was great it was it was a lo- it was a lot of fun to see that sort of bonanza of imagination and design just yeah. like just sprawling and the, the dragons the look like they just stepped into a rave yes and they're just glowing yes. it was cool yeah that was really really cool um i i, I found myself this is maybe well. I'm not gonna say spoiler alert, but I'm. I mean, this is maybe a little bit too sidetracky, but like, so so there's a giant drain in the ocean <laughs> because that's what a circular wall waterfall is. Yes, it's a drain. It's a drain. So somehow the ocean is draining, and I don't know. I'm like, is so is. Is the, are the Earth's oceans? Is it a oceans, fountain? Is it coming back yeah, up? Is it a water feature? Is it, yeah? Is it just sort of like? Like, is it just, is it coming up through the mountains yeah. and then down the rivers and back into the ocean so that it can, like, fall yeah. back into the infinite drain of... Very interesting. Very interesting problem to think about. Yes. I wonder whether the artists thought of that question. <laughs> I'm sure they had to have. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Where does it go? <laughs> How does the ocean get yeah. replenished? Because eventually it's going to run out. You're just yeah. going to have a sort of awkward... Sort of infinity pool thing going on around the, <laughs> around the rim of this. Yeah, it's just gonna be a giant drain. hole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> surrounded by water. Anyway, so that was, but it was it was a really cool, beautiful image. Um, I yeah, I, that the the stuff that I want to nerd out about, pretty much all of what you said, like just really gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. I mean, the flying sequences were fantastic, like really beautiful. Always are. Like it's sort of the. It's like that's the sort of bankable check that these movies ride on. Definitely. It's like, it's, this is a movie called How to Train Your Jag- Dragon. There's going to be lots of awesome flying sequences. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to get to be in the clouds yeah. and you're going to get to see oh, man. mind blowing sunsets and, and stars. And when, it's just going to be beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And you're flying over the ocean yeah. and there's islands yeah. that come up out of the ocean like they've been dropped there. It's just yeah. really. And, and stuff. Toothless and the Light Fury. Like their se- their romantic sequence. Yeah, they're a whole new world sequence. Yeah, yeah really beautiful. Really, 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 really absolutely pretty. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just uh, unquestionably beautiful. Yeah. Um, so um, a couple other little bits that I really, really liked. Like, really liked. Um, I really liked Grimmel, the the villain, the bad guy. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought he was really funny and cool. And like, I just I enjoy. I mean, the voice actor. Whose name I forget, uh, but I had written down some. Oh, is uh, F. Murray Abraham? Great, great actor, great choice for the villain. Just lots of lots of fun. Um, I really love the scene where, speaking of him, uh, Roughnut like gets let gets just released back into the wild because she was so annoying. <laughs> um, that was that was a good scene. I think that was some of the best writing in the whole movie is her model, her unending monologue of <laughs> nonsense. Uh, like that and was, it's great when you know yes. the actress. Yeah, that, Kristen and, Wiig. Yeah. You know she's just it. having a blast oh in there. So awesome. So <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. Definitely the funniest moment of the movie. So uh, that, and also I do, I, I had, I love, I do love like um, finally seeing like kids. That's great. You know, Astrid and... Uh, yeah. Wake up having a couple of kids and being in the boat. And that was a really sweet experience. And, like, as a new father, I am a sucker for yeah. that. Like, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Like, got a little tears. Yeah, of course. And I'm, like, feeling exploited. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was it was really yeah. lovely. Well, um, and I, I actually really, as far as nerding out, I, uh, and you might have issues with this i don't know we'll see don't second guess um i i really enjoyed the the dynamic that they played with with astrid and hiccup and specifically astrid's role 
in like the ruling of Burke and Hiccup being the chief, right? Mm-hmm. And like he is essential to her and and sh- or she is essential to him and then we find out in one of her monologues that he is essential to her. And I really like how they played. I really like that it's like um, in the one role that the mom did play was kind of the voice of reason in Astrid's ear as far as like, hey, I've been the wife of a chief before. I yeah. you can like you're you're the only person that can make him feel what he needs to feel in order to be the guy the man he needs to be. Those were really nice uh, dialogue scenes. It would have been nice if that had showed up in the plot. Sure. Yeah, I um yeah we'll get there. But nerding out. <laughs> yes. Um, I just it was really, a cool idea. I, I I it was the logical next step for those two characters. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I I I really loved how things. Uh, evolved between Astrid and Hiccup in the first movie. Yeah. And um, and I liked, I think that was probably my favorite aspect of the second movie. And in the third movie, I would have liked more of it because I liked all yeah, the stuff that was there in the third movie. Like my favorite, probably my favorite scene of dialogue or, or just interactive scene between two characters was between Astrid and Hiccup when Hiccup's like, I'm a failure. Yeah. And Astrid's like, get over yourself. Yes. Go do something hard. Well, and yeah. And, uh, and just... I wanted. I definitely, definitely wanted to see more of those two. Um, I do, I do feel like potentially the filmmakers. If I was if I was producing that movie, I probably and they had like a lot of Astrid and Hiccup heavy kind of dialogue. I probably would be like, hey guys, but like remember this is also a kids movie, <laughs> and that potentially was the note that brought the annoying sure. friends in. Yeah, and they overshadowed some of what could have been incredible character moments between those two. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Although, yeah, yeah. I mean, so because that's the only logical reason to include the not not progressed in any which way annoying. Man, women, children yeah. of the friends. It was pretty insufferable. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. It started off bad and just kept being and bad. They just kept hitting the same bad note. And uh, and it, like I liked the music that was playing. Can I, but can every I tell you time, right now I'm experiencing a, a a big sense of relief that you're saying this. Oh. <laughs> so that I so that I don't sort of feel like I'm sort of uh, you know wandering into the void alone and shouting about. <laughs> being grumpy about this thing no that was definitely um that was like every time i heard jonah hill's voice (laughs) i just wanted i like jonah hill i would have punched him in that moment i used to like jonah hill (laughs) um i uh that makes it sound like i didn't like him in this movie i I barely even recognized him in this movie i think i mean it it, it, so many of the characters were just plain caricatures in this movie yeah especially his friends his friends like Whatever dimension they had in the first movie was just stripped Gone. away. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, th- they're kind of the exact same. They're like character. They're caricatures, caricatures of, of themselves the from the first movie. Yeah, exactly. which I'm like, where? Like Hiccup has gotten flattened. older. Has they have learned, been flattened. Astrid and Hiccup have learned a ton and are different yeah. in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Why haven't these guys come yeah. along? Although I would argue that they're not that different. Hiccup and Astrid are not that different. They're just sort of not flattened. They're just okay. Like they, they, they're basically they haven't they have like they talk about having changed, but like really when it comes down to it, they're doing the same things in the same way. You're right. As the same, basically as the same people. Which is, I mean, sure it's consistent, but like I don't get the feeling at all that Hiccup has changed that's, between that's the fair. end of the first movie and the end of the third movie. Like, I do absolutely get... I mean, once again, going back to the first movie, fantastic character arc. Fantastic. Yeah. A totally different... I mean, same person, totally different, totally changed and evolved from beginning to end of movie. Yeah. Totally. Second movie, I'm not sure. Third movie, nope. Nope. He's just he's sure. just as good as he was at the end of the first movie. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, to, so, so much so that, like, I don't really buy the sort of, like, loss of confidence in self. I'm like... Yeah, I mean, but, like, we've already seen you do this. Like, this is basically just you rewinding and playing the same kind of, like, self-discovery moment sure. again. yeah. Anyway, I, th- so I just, just to jump in real quick here, uh, I, I have to, I just, I mean, I think, um, so we could talk about character a lot, and we have, and we will probably more, but, like, this plot was a mess. 
Did you, was this, did this, is that the way it landed for you? I thought it was just a total steaming mess uh, it, from beginning to end. It didn't, it, uh, so, <laughs> so yes, I did, uh, it, so this is, this is an interesting conversation to have because uh, as I was sitting there and I was watching this movie, I love the franchise so much that my bias kicked in hard and I'm watching this movie and, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I do this podcast. I know why I'm seeing this movie. And so those thoughts of like, <laughs> of like um, the whole thing about we need to run away and then they land in this random spot and suddenly they're like, yep, that's cool. And they all set up shop. But then, then that whole development that, that was the power of the first half died. Now we're not even addressing that. Right. So I have those thoughts but then I'm like, no, 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 go away, go away, go away, go away. <laughs> I want to have fun. I want to have fun. fun. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, and I guarantee, I guarantee that there are people that are watching this or listening to this uh, that are like annoyed at us. Hardcore apologists or the other direction? Because um, there's two ways you can go, right? Yeah. There's the, so let me just say right up front, I hate people who just love to find plot holes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Tasty plot holes. I love to rip this movie apart. Cinema Let's take sense. Back to the Ooh. Future and yeah. get all the issues. Yeah, it. we're gonna we're gonna yeah. rip this movie apart and, and and point out all the things. I'm like, no. When it comes down to it, the question is, did it work or did it not work? And I'm I have I'm having like a little bit of a crisis of like of like uh, I don't know what to call it. Personal opinion, taste, whatever. Because everybody seems to have loved this movie. Yeah, it has like a ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes. But I did not have a great time. And I'm usually pretty generous. You like, did not have a great time? I did not have a great time. Oh, interesting. And it was because I just couldn't buy anything. I was mm. like, nothing was working. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Interesting. And it's not that like, so I'm like, once again, I'm, I'm pretty good at like suspending disbelief, being generous, giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Saying like, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to get from point A to point B and you can't explain everything. That's fine. Just do it. Just do the next thing. But there were so many things that didn't make any sense mm, in this movie that I couldn't, I just, I couldn't figure out yeah. how to even invest. That's I wanted to. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I was like, there's nothing here. Like the villain, the whole, I mean, I love Grimmel's character, but like nothing he did made any sense. None of it. It's like he was supposed to be have this big master plan. But, like, I never saw any of it. Yeah. And every time it was, like, explained, I was like, okay, no, I, no, I think I get it now. So he's going to do this thing, and he's waiting for the, this thing, and he's going to bait them this with this thing. But it's like, but then none of that actually paid out, played out at all. Yeah. And then it kind of just, like, changed completely mid-stride for no apparent reason into something that was what much less logical. And I'm like, I don't I don't know how to care about these people. I want to. Yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah. But I but you're not giving me any any way any footholds. That's interesting cuz I I did have a really good time. I walked out of the theater happy, satisfied, texted my family. I was like, "Yep, that was what I wanted it to be." I was I was it was checked well, good off for you, and I was happy. Good for you. Uh, I would have loved to have that experience. <laughs> and I, I think, wanted that one. I think the majority of people have that. Yeah, that's, they I mean, must that's, have. They must have. I just am a, um, apparently a, just a cranky film critic. Apparently, <laughs> no, which is not what I want to be. I for the record, I know, I know that you don't. I and that's the that's the interesting conversation I was talking about was like is th it, this movie? So uh, there will be people that are annoyed that are frustrated that we are pointing out plot holes or pointing out the issues that this movie has and they're thinking in your head, shut up, it's a kid's movie, just have fun with it. So I want to reiterate why we have this podcast in this moment and it's because yeah, you can still have fun with a movie like How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, but if you can, if you can watch that movie and you can understand what could have made it better the next time you go to watch a movie and it does everything right your experience with that movie will be so much greater than it would have been previously so when we're talking about the problems that uh, that this movie had no i had an absolute blast i will buy all three of these movies <laughs> guarantee it it is one that i will show to my kids over and over i really 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 like this franchise 
That being said, I know that there are things that could have made it better, and I will talk about them so that I can then look forward to the movie that does it all right in the future. Well said, CJ. Thank you. Very well said. I, I want to point out that um, I sometimes tend I sometimes tend to falsely assert that learning more about movies. No, you know what? I don't think it's false. I think it's true for me. <laughs> And it's true for you, because here's the thing. What I was going to say is, um, so I've taught film uh, back when I was a grad student and before um, for like, a, I think a total of like five years I taught film to people, to students that were younger than me. And one of the things that you hear a lot from students who are just learning about film and like learning about how to watch movies and how to essentially how to criticize them is like, well, isn't this going to just like essentially make it harder for me to enjoy movies like am i just gonna enjoy movies less because i'm just gonna be i don't want to think about them i just want to enjoy it this a, is the constant thing it's that a you frustrating hear. the question. constant thing that you hear yeah. and i always came back and said listen you don't enjoy music less when you learn how to play an instrument it's the opposite mm -hmm. you enjoy things more when you learn more about them and i do believe that that's true and right now, and the reason I have this kind of crisis right now is I'm like, well, is it true that I'm enjoying How to Train Your Dragon less because I just know too much about movies and therefore I'm like seeing all the flaws and I'm like, ah, I can't blah. But here's the thing. I don't think so. I think that it, this is a personal experience. I'm having a personal experience with this movie. And I don't think that my personal experience would be different if I knew less about how movies are supposed to work. Because... In the moment, it, it's I'll, not about me analyzing the movie and trying to identify what's wrong. It's about whether or not it is emotionally working for me. Yeah. And and in this and in this, if I was to strip away all of my um, knowledge or experience with criticizing movies and, and unpacking them, understanding how they work, I would still be the same person I am sitting in that theater wondering why I'm not having a good time. So it's the wondering why that I, I have conversations with people all the time where I ask, why didn't you like that movie? Usually it's like, you know, freaking The Godfather or something. They're like, yeah. eh. And I'm like, okay, fine. That you you have the right to not like The Godfather. Tell me why. And they're like, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I just didn't think it was good. Okay. Imagine <laughs> if you could articulate the reasons yeah. why so that, yeah. I mean, it's just, so, I so hate that I, I think I think it's only, the, the reason that I, I harp on this, and I think this is a good moment for this, this conversation is that like you without knowing all the things you know about movies or whatever would uh still have a good time with yeah. with uh how to train your dragon but you can have a good time and be able to unpack things that could have been done better so that like you said you can have an even better time with with movies that are legitimately better of which there are many yes and so for me I don't think it. I think that I'm doomed to not have a good time at a movie like How to Train Your Dragon. I think when there are that many story problems, mm -hmm. and for me, the humor didn't land hardly ever. Hardly so, ever. Which it's amazing yes. to me that you're saying that because, like, that's one of the main reasons. That's one of the big strengths of the first movie is that the humor was so good sure. all the way through. Sure. And so, anyway, so there were lots of reasons that you had a good time with this movie. I, I think I'm doomed to not have a good time with this movie. But at least now I can unpack it. I can explain some of the things, you know, yeah. whatever. And maybe that's not going to help anybody in the world but me. But, boy, I'm happy that I can identify why yes. <laughs> I did not enjoy this movie. Um, it's it's a, it's very comforting to be able to unpack it instead of just feeling disappointed and kind of, like, ill-served by the yeah. universe. <laughs> yes. So some of the issues that I that I had with Grimmel, mm -hmm. um, just, I'll just, like, list them and, and we can talk about them. One, this mind control. Oh my gosh! Ugh. Which was which what was essentially a horrible plot device. Which was essentially, I'm going to infect a dragon, and it will immediately fall under my control, which yeah. makes no sense. No, that, uh, like, but but also it's with the same venom that he uses to knock them out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. So it's a tranquilizer slash mind control drug. Yeah. Slash, I don't know, what other powers does it have? Well, it And also, it comes from the same dragon that has, like, a myriad of other abilities. So, basically, he found the most powerful, like... Scorpion dragon Scorpion thing. dragon things. Found four of them. Yeah. Somehow, anyway, it's, yeah, it's absurd. Yes. It was that, absurd. Was, that was rough. Um, they, so, he had the Light Fury... This is where it gets rocky. Oh man, no! It like because I don't even, I'm almost tempted to not even talk about it <laughs> because, because it's. It I mean, it's rough. so because 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 they led us to believe that it was a trap. Yeah, but then the light f uh, it seems to just be free. 
Yeah, no, there was no, no, it's just no gone. sense. There was it's, no sense. It's, it's like they, it's like they forgot that there were any connections. It's like, uh, yeah, whoever wrote this movie seemed like they had amnesia. Like <laughs> they were, they they came up with like a cool idea, like a cool setup, like ooh, we'll do this, and we're gonna set this thing up, and then they just for, like literally entirely forgot about it. Yeah, and then when they were writing the next scenes, they like it was just they weren't bothered by any of that stuff. They just wrote that scene for what it was. So if you took any individual scene, just isolated it from the rest of the movie, you'd be like, yeah, this works. But if you put it in context of anything sense. else, yeah. none of it made any sense. Yeah. The whole time I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, I'm like, is the life fury kind of like evil? Evil? Like, yeah. she seems to be doing everything. But then it was like, no, she's never going to go back and they don't seem to care. Nobody seems to so care the, because I'm not watching a real movie. Yeah. The, <laughs> I'm watching somebody's <laughs> nonsensical dream. The only, the only way that it makes sense, and this is like, none of this was on screen, and this is me... This is my bias filling in the plot <laughs> hole. Which is um, a real thing. <laughs> which, yeah. Which is that Grimmel was so confident that he could recatch them and then use the Light Fury's life after they've fallen in love, use her as the controlling of, of Toothless. Toothless. But if he had a mind control thing, why would he need to do that? No. So it's yeah. yeah. In every in every like okay. So my, my, one of my favorite moments, uh, not sarcastically, like it is it is actually kind of fun to watch a scene sort of be spectacularly nonsensical. Like it was really cool in its setup and execution. And then as soon as as soon as it's ending, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait like wait a minute. Was when uh like okay. So set the stage right. Spoilers. So so hiccup is like working on something and toothless is apparently asleep in the corner and then there's that whole thing right like um uh grimmel, grimmel, comes in. grimmel shows up yeah. and they do they have this banter thing and it turns out oh no it's not toothless it's another it's a it's a it's, it's the the fat one yeah the fat, yeah. The fat one <laughs> um and 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 so it's you know so there's like oh it's a it's a it's a double blind or it's a whatever he conned him and then it's a he back he double conned him and blah, blah blah it's like and it and they're so excited about how this scene is working out that no one stopped to think that like well if he knew this then why didn't he do that you know if he knew that he was gonna show up then why didn't he you know and so as as they're as they're escaping or whatever like Carly turns to me and she says they have a whole island full of dragons yeah. Why don't they just stop him right there? Yeah. Why in the world would they not just end? Because you wouldn't have a movie. But like that's which, the, which later that's, they tried to. Yeah. And then Toothless was like, "No, stop!" But they, <laughs> but he didn't have Toothless at the time. Yeah. No. So just, why didn't? Yeah, they, it, it was because it was nighttime and dragons don't fight at night or something. Okay. Yeah, they're all sleeping <laughs> except for in the first movie <laughs> where they only fight at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that kind of stuff just like drives me bonkers. The other one, one of the one of the most like sort of hilariously unsatisfying and confusing sort of just dropped balls is that you've got these four dragons and dragons are like people in this movie, right? Yeah. They're not like throwaway like Especially the four dragons. you're talking about Grimble's four? Grimble's four Especially dragons. those four who like whistles and snaps apparently mean very yeah, specific they've been specifically yeah. trained. They're enslaved Right? And, like, we see, we're shown up close. This is how I enslave them. This yeah. collar that injects their own venom into yeah. their neck to keep them under my power. Why in the world didn't we see a moment when they were freed? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you're, I mean, you're also, you're talking about, like, this is a kid's movie, right? Like, we're supposed to have this, like, moral satisfaction is the name of the game. Yeah. So, like, if you've got four enslaved dragons... I mean, you know? the, the logical jump is free them and those four then attack Grimmel. Yes. Yeah. Free them. Yes. And then they help you. Yes. <laughs> like, this is, like, and and, and the, the the amazing thing here is, it, like, you know, let's set aside for, for a second the fact that the plot device is kind of stupid and absurd. Let's just give it to you. You, by using that plot device, you have set up this very easy, satisfying moment where you can free them and they can help you. Yeah. Like, that would be great. But instead, they're just killed, mm -hmm. basically. Or they drop off into nothing. I mean, they get fried by lightning and drop. So for, you assume. Yeah. I mean, you assume they they die because because you never see them again. Yeah. So anyway, so that all that stuff is very bothering. But then, like, even more than that, and I hate to say that there's something that bothers me even more than that. But even more than that is the ending. 
the fact that all the dragons just go off to live in the hidden world. Oh, interesting. Why? Huh. Why? Because they were a target. By who? By every movie. By Grimmel? By, by who Grimmel? Who is now gone? Well, there's always someone Here's new. Here's the thing. And they've, they talked about that right. in there. They're, yes, but like... And Drago, Bloodfist, or whatever. It is it is such a cop-out. It is such a it is such a ham-fisted cop-out. It's saying, well, we this is, this is a classic example of theme trumping plot. Like, heavily trumping plot. What they wanted was to prove a point about how dragons need to be independent and have their own place to live and be and like flourish and sure. blah 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 like fine PETA loves it fine what PETA PETA loves it who's PETA PETA oh PETA uh, gotcha yeah. sorry I'm thinking yeah. for some reason I was thinking of Hunger Games anyway I was like <laughs> why would the character from Hunger Games love this anyway um, yes PETA loves it so like let, let the dragons live in love I'm like so the perfect ending of any Hotter Dragon movie was the ending of the first movie where they all learn to live together and be much happier together sure right and and number three neatly reverses that and says, nope, no, nope, but hold on. The world sucks too much to have good things. You don't <laughs> you don't get to have good things. We're sending all of your dragons away to Dragon Camp, where it's way cooler and you're not allowed to go. <laughs> like that is that is the ending of this movie. It was it was atrocious. It was atrocious. Hold, hold it was on. an abominable way to end this movie. Hold on, because they because they do set that up throughout the entire movie, right? It's the reason they left Burke. And it's, I mean, it, it's where... It's, yes. they, so, so this is... The, I, I, what, I'm, what I'm actually driving at here is that the entire plot is bad. It's not okay. just the ending. <laughs> okay. it's, it's the whole... It's from the beginning. The whole idea that this would be the thing you're driving Got toward... Got it. I is, see what you're saying. ...is stupid and wrong. Got it. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm saying it so strongly. So you're saying that the plot of the the plot being in direct uh, conflict with the first one. Yes. Is bad. Yes. That's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Don't do that. Also, well, that maybe a little more simplistically, what I'm saying is that because they wanted so badly to drive toward this ending. I think it what it did is it made a lot of the other stuff it, it it spawned a lot of the other problems like why is hiccup deciding to move his entire community away from, especially when they can easily be followed by a force of things that are clearly much more supposed to be much more powerful except for when they actually decide to fight back in which case they are instantly obliterated so like they're really it strains so hard to make this plot work at the expense of any logic got it so you don't you don't end up believing what Hiccup is doing or, or investing in it because it doesn't make any sense. It never does. Mm. And it, and the only reason he's doing it is because the plot demands that he does it, mm. which is a classic example of characters being in service to the plot, not the other way around, which is usually a result of a theme that you care so much about that you don't care about the casualties of your characters. Like, you, you so all of the characters' integrity is lost at the altar of the theme that drives the plot of this movie. Got it. So that is the thing that bothers me the most about this movie, even though the hidden world was so cool and so beautiful, and I'm sure there's a way that you could have worked it in in a nice way. I mean, maybe it's a, like, anyway, there's there are ways that you could have done it that, that didn't require essentially the dismantling of everything that was good and beautiful about yes, the first movie. Sure, so do you have an idea for a, uh, for a better plot of a third movie? I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like almost, I almost want to say this is really glib and unfair, but I almost want to say like anything would have been better. Got it. <laughs> I mean, I, because um, really the logical way, because in, in the history of humanity, if you have a thriving civilization, you're a target, right? Sure. No matter where you are, right? right? But that, like it was. It, so, but what do you, what in the, in history, what have they done to maintain this thriving humanity? Right, they've set up borders and yeah. build an army. Yeah, they kind of had that built in at Burke, right? They did. They had they, an army of dragons. They have an army of dragons, which seemingly nobody else has yeah. because they're some of the only dragon riders, as we learned from the second movie. Uh, not only that, but Toothless is this like freaking juggernaut of a dragon, and like the only one left. Yeah. So. They had an army. So what I would have loved to have, to to see was you can even you can have the same villain just take out the running away. 
Yeah. And like set up shop and like build an army because in the second movie that was I remember the trailer and like the fight on the beach and like the mountainside uh, and like that you followed some dragons through the the camera like flies through and it's this big war epic battle sequence, yeah. right? You you could have had something similar um, and and have it be a war. Maybe this is maybe this is this is this is simple. It's maybe it's too simple. Maybe it doesn't work because it's supposed to be like to your point, too much of a kids movie. But I also would argue that this isn't strictly a kids movie because they're trying to do some adult things. Definitely, that's one of the reasons that the plot was driven that way. Yeah, because they're like adults, pay attention. You can't have nice things if you can't play along well. It's like great, fine, I get it. But also, so like you're talking about this war. Here's a here's an easy thing. What if? It wasn't here. Here's what I would have liked: is an idea, one idea. This is just spitballing. What if it's not just well, you know, you got to have maybe one villain at some point, but maybe it's not this weird because who knows also what Grimmel is? Like it doesn't really make sense. Like what he is? He's just a dragon hunter. What like he's the a, Night is Fury is he, hunter? He, he king is like he's not really a king. warlord. He's not really, whatever mercenary. Who, who knows? Know. Right. So the point is, why don't why don't we have a, another nation that's doing it badly? Right. Let's set up a counterpoint to Burke. Burke is a, is a paradise. You've created a paradise. It's people and dragons living harmoniously together. It's really beautiful. And, uh, and let's set aside for a second this, the fact that this movie tried to establish early on that it like, wasn't, wasn't working as well as everyone hoped it would, which seems, once again, just like it's trying way too hard to prove a point. Anyway, so, uh, so let's... Like and and how does that work? Well, it, it works by humans and dragons. Not, not nobody. Nobody is the boss, right? Like dragons get what they need, and humans get what they need, and there's this kind of nice relationship. It's like man and dog. It's whatever. It's sure. beautiful, right? Um, and then and then you've got maybe a nation that is like exploiting dragons, right? Turning them evil or like or enslaving them. I like the idea of enslaving dragons. I think it's good. To make dragons war against each other because part of them are enslaved and they don't have a choice, and then what do you have? You have a really great, nice conflict with like it's essentially a really good. But that is the second one, it, right? Yeah, blood, blood, blood fist made made himself the alpha over the alpha. So oh, that's the alpha right. Had control. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about the second yeah. one. <laughs> it's not a bad plot. Um, I like. I have other problems with the second one. I don't know. I had huge problems with that part of the plot. I think I actually remember thinking that was a pretty cool idea. So yeah, <laughs> I, I stole mean, it. I stole it from number two. <laughs> but yeah. I do. I do like the idea of like having a what I was a civilization like, uh, that's yeah. Different. What I was thinking is like here's here's a here's an opportunity to have like a, like a political problem, right? Like sure. it's not just a, a bad guy you have to defeat, which is boring if you do it more than once, right? Like let alone let, let it be a, let it be a way of life yeah. that you're contending with, you know. And in this movie, it was hinted at maybe, but Grimmel was just a bad guy, yeah. and we get the very strong sense that if he is defeated, the problem is solved. Yeah. And yet we're just told at the end that the problem isn't solved, but we have we've seen no evidence that the problem isn't solved because all of the power of the villain has been taken away. So not only that, but like five kids took out an entire army, apparently. <laughs> so how big of a threat really was that? Yeah. Well, it wasn't here. You know, you know, it wasn't five kids. It was. It was. Uh, it was really just. It was five kids who sort of clumsily, successfully freed light the Light Fury, so that then Toothless could just be the hero, and then all yeah. the dragons saved yeah, everybody. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It was a very precarious. Conflict yeah. that didn't hold up to scrutiny <laughs> or yeah. didn't hold up to any actual real push. Like, the, the, yeah, this I, movie feels like if there's a big challenge ahead of you, all, re all you really have to do is like sort of give it a little shove, and then everything will work out sure. the way you need it to. Yeah, I um, it, it was it was interesting because I found myself really I just wanted like I just didn't care about any character other than Hiccup and Astrid. And I just wanted to know, I wanted Hiccup to struggle a little more. I wanted him to solve the problem without Toothless. Cause it wasn't even, cause that was like the big thing, right? Astrid was like, no, you're something without Toothless. You were something before and you'll be something after. And so now what you need to do is go get Toothless and save the day. Yes, exactly. And, and so exactly. I wanted him, I wanted him to, to prove himself to himself. Uh, and in, in, uh, the po a positive consequence of that would be proving himself to his village, sure, yeah, clan, yeah, um, and and uh, the, I mean the thing is that's somewhat somewhat of the rehashing his arc of the second it is. one. 
So. Like, they're, they're, I know, and I'm not going to pretend that I can sit here and come up with, like, a really good plot that could have worked for the third movie. That's that's the work of, like, really good writers sure. over many months of, like, story breaking. Yeah. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm complaining about here is that didn't seem to have happened. And I have one quick theory. Uh, I did a little digging into the pedigree of these movies. Um, the first movie had three, about three credited writers, one of which was the writer-director from the first, from, from all, so yeah, yeah. Dean, uh, Dean DeVoy wrote uh, and directed all three movies, but in the first movie, he had a lot of help uh, in sure. writing, a lot of help. There was at least two or three other credited writers, um, and I'm not going to get into all of it because we're running out of time and you don't care anyway, um, but... Basically, they there was some there there was some real writing talent there, like with proven track records of like good comedy, good plot construction, good stuff. Mm-hmm. In movies two and three, it was just Dean Dubois. It was just him. He's the only. I mean, maybe they brought other people in who were totally totally un- uncredited, even IMDb. But nobody gets any credit for anything other than Dean Dubois for writing and directing numbers two and three. Mm-hmm. So my 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 contention here is that Dean Dubois. Is not that is not that good at mm. storytelling, mm. and um, he's apparently good enough to get good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and to get given uh, the the license to go do another movie, which is fine. I don't begrudge him this, but like, I'm sticking to my guns here. I don't think that this is a very well written movie. Yeah. I don't think it is, and I and I and I'm frustrated by it. I think it's a perfectly fine directed or finely directed movie, but like the writing just isn't there. Yeah, and and it's and I think that I think that it. You can make a pretty good case for why. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel that the second and third one kind of live in the wake of the first one. Um, I do I do enjoy the, the franchise as a whole, like I've said. Mm. Um, and I and I had an absolute blast with the second one, or the third one, and the second one, but the third one. Uh, and the ending had such a significant impact that it helped erase the issues. Like the... The whole kids coming to see Toothless and then doing the flying. Can I complain about one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So I really like that too, as I said. Um, but then it bothered me that like, well, this is once one of many unearned moments. So they come up, they're they're sailing up to the the edge of this waterfall, and there's Toothless and Light Fury and their kids just sitting on the rock. Yeah. On the edge. For seemingly why? As though they're waiting. I know. And right? then they're not. And so your immediate assumption is, well, this is really beautiful. They're waiting to like... They have like up. a standing appointment. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. <laughs> yes. But no, no, what they wanted after that, after that sort of obvious setup is actually, uh, they wanted the, ooh, are they still friends? Yeah. Are they dangerous? Will Toothless still love Hick? It's like, no, 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 no. That's a false tension. You have yeah. given, you have delivered a false tension, and it really bled whatever sort of emotional moment I was having with that out, Gone. like, right out. Yeah. I was like, thanks. No, I, thanks for I, lying to me. I felt that, too. Um, it's, uh, I, I still, I still really, really enjoyed the ending and, like, them flying with the dragons again and you know it's yeah, been, yeah. you could guess probably five to eight years yeah uh and then you know they swap out the son and the, then you know hand him over to mom and then the daughter hops on and yeah. it was just really cool uh one last positive moment that i really enjoyed um that i don't know i feel clever for picking up on but maybe it was super <laughs> obvious uh, and that was hiccup saying goodbye the exact same way he said hello did you notice this physically the same thing so in the first movie kind of an iconic moment um is when he like you know he closes his eyes he looks away and he just kind of puts his hand out and then toothless comes to the hand and then it's like oh hey cool they're friends the and then the exact same way when hiccup is saying goodbye to toothless he has his hand in the same spot Looks away because he's crying, and then pulls his hand away. It's nice. Which was cool. Nice. Yeah, no, I, good enjoyed. Job. I enjoyed. That's a good catch. Thank CJ. you. Good Thank job. you. That I was clever. happy about it. No, it's nice. It's uh, nice. And so I, it feels for me, it felt like a franchise that rewards you for seeing it through and for enjoying it. I think that the end flight sequence is really only impactful because of the first movie. A lot of stuff with Hiccup and Astrid is only only holds weight because of the first movie. That's why I say that I think the second and third movie kind of live in the wake of the first one. Yeah. Um, 
you wish it wasn't like that, but I was okay with it, to be honest. It had some issues, but I had a whole lot of fun. All right. I, I, I accept all of that. Um, and I'm, you know, sorry to be a joyless curmudgeon in this dark and bleak world. Um, but, uh, curmudgeon. So I, good. I, you know, and here's, here's the other thing. Uh, I, I want to say, last of all, that some of the stuff that I genuinely did enjoy about this movie that I mentioned at the top of the episode, I... Um, I don't believe that I would have enjoyed those things as much without the kind of experience I have with film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I did enjoy How to Train Your Dragon 3 more than I would have if I wasn't a um, cinephile. Yeah. I think that I enjoyed it way more. I think that if I wasn't a cinephile, I probably I probably wouldn't have even appreciated the things that I did appreciate. I just would have felt not great and then left and said, I didn't like it. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I appreciate the good things that this movie does. I, I'm happy with the state of the art, as we talked about. Um, it's really really cool. Um, and I I didn't I didn't have a bad time. I just didn't feel much, and I wanted to, but mm. you know I, I you know I enjoyed myself. Carly and I went to see it, and we ate a lot of popcorn, and that's a great that's a great night. That's a good night. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Anyway. Uh, well, that's all that we have to say about How to Train a Dragon, The Hidden Worlds. Um, uh, now on to some some business. Some business. Well, first of all, uh, to be really, really short here, do we think there's going to be more How to Train a Dragon movies? Oh, yeah. Movies? Uh, I don't. don't. I mean, maybe the, this, is what, this is what I think. I think in five to ten years, I'm going to say ten years, I'm going to hope ten years. They make something, whether it's a TV show or a movie, about the the re-entrance of dragons into the modern world. Okay. Because uh, because they kind of sure, left that. For sure there's going to be more How to Train Your Dragon movies. Is it just making too much money? So much money, man. <laughs> for sure. All right, fine. Uh, it'd be, it, I think it's hilarious that people are talking about this as a trilo- it's an actual conclusion to a trilogy. And it's like, what, because there are three now? <laughs> Well, it's an, obvious, to, it's an obvious close, yeah. at least to Hiccup and Toothless Story. I hope. There's I mean, no reason. <laughs> there's no reason. To, anyway, we'll there's see. There's just so it much may, merch may be, to sell, Jordan. Yeah, it, may be a few, it may be a few years, but I, I think oh, that man. this is not the last we've seen of uh, most of those characters. Um, but yeah, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, if maybe Dean DeBloy comes back and makes another forgettable movie. Maybe they hire a new team and how do about something a, How about a, a prequel of Stoic? Sure, yeah, no, that'd be great. I'd be into that. Um, uh, okay, so, next week, what do you want to talk about? <sighs> You're just going to put me on the spot right like that? <laughs> okay, um, well, here's, here's what I'm gonna pro- I, I, I will propose. Um, we, we need to talk about Green Book. We need to talk about Roma. Yeah. Um, I would like to. I'm going to go see Fighting with My Family, but we don't necessarily need to talk about it. Um, this is a peel back the curtain moment, guys. You don't normally hear this part of the conversation. Yeah, we, we normally have already made the decision. It's <laughs> kind of on me. Well, a lot you, of them. We well, didn't. I mean, a lot of the weeks, it's like it's kind of obvious. Like this, it yeah. was like, yeah, How to Train Dragon, of course. Yeah. This week. and in two weeks, it's going to be Captain Marvel for sure. But next week, there's no like big big ones. So, yeah. um, you know what? I feel like we've said a lot about the Green Book. Uh, be having it being my number one and the best picture winner, I say yeah. next week we do Roma. Okay, I'm down. All right. You can expect Roma next week. Cool. Listeners. Um, all right. Uh, that's it. That, so that's it. leave a review. Please leave a review. We ask every time. I know we do. And we're, we're going to keep asking every time. Yes, we are. So get used to it. <laughs> it's true. Please leave a review. They really do help us out a lot. Um, and if you don't want to leave a review because it's too much work, share this with somebody and tell them to leave a yeah, review. Yeah, pass it off. <laughs> do we have a review to read? Uh, we do, yes. Um, it's, a, it's a short one this week. Okay. Uh, but it is the, the headline. Oh, no, it just went away. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> it is... The vagaries of technology. Man, I was like there. I was so prepa- prepared and now it's gone. We should just print this stuff off. We should. Like, like old school. Well, last week I screenshotted it, which felt like a, a pretty good a pretty good one. A pretty good uh, strategy, a way to kind of figure it out. All right. It is the uh, – it's from – oh, no, no, no. It's not, it's not a – it's actually a long one. Um, <laughs> we'll go for it. Um, I was looking at the, the top one. I'm doing the one underneath. Uh, I believe you know who this is from. Okay. Uh, it's from Joanna. <laughs> uh, it says – 
not have uh, not having training on what makes a movie work and why slash why not. I'm really enjoying these podcasts to help fill in those blanks. Fun to listen to the banter between CJ and Jordan and get insights that come from different backgrounds. Special thanks for helping me to understand why I was so emotionally checked out during Avengers Infinity War. Enjoyed it immensely, but did not care about what I was or what I was sure I was supposed to care about. Uh, yeah, which is cool. That was our first episode. Thank you, mother. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to read that one specifically because I wanted to shout out to my mother that um, is just binging the crap out of this podcast this last week. Oh, my. Uh, I get, I mean, I get texts constantly about apparently I saw Home Alone when I was like three. I said that I didn't see it until I was older. Apparently, I had a whole phase of copying Macaulay Culkin and the whole hand thing. I don't remember that. Uh, so, yeah, That's it's been beautiful. cool. It's a Mo- beautiful revelation. Moms are the best. Moms are the best. Yes. All right. Thank you, Michael Bonmiller, for this excellent outro music. Yes. And remember to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut. Cut.